0: So with uncertainty, we don't have predictability. We don't know what's going to happen. And so a lot of times we feel a sense of loss of control. But here's what I've been teaching my patients is the way to reframe uncertainty is is to remind yourself that there's limitless possibility. And I just love the ability to, to recognize that, that with uncertainty, there's opportunity for possibility. And really anything can happen.
1: Thank you for joining us on a mission to move forward in body, mind, and soul. Now let's begin. Hi, and thank you so much for joining me today here on the podcast. Today, I have got a great informative chat that I feel we need more than ever. I know the conversations of the worldwide pandemic can be a little bit overwhelming at times, but I also know that it is important to pay attention to where we are all needing help and guidance on how to deal with this current circumstance, which is why I have invited Dr. Morgan Francis back to the show. She is a Body image expert and therapist who is helping people around the world with learning how to love yourself through loss and how to cope during this time of uncertainty. Dr. Morgan was on the show last year on episode 81, and she shared her experience of losing her brother, as well as her knowledge of dealing with loss. She's a woman that I truly value her professional advice, and I love following her on Instagram because she's sharing informative lessons each day. On today's episode, she gives us some much-needed motivation and advice on tackling the trauma of loss and grief that we're all collectively going through right now as a society through this pandemic. We also dive into body shaming and treating yourself with more kindness and grace as we learn to navigate our new normal. She shares how all of our usual methods of coping with stress have been taken away from us. So she also shares several things that we can do as we shift into a new way to exist. Dr. Morgan is a therapist working in Arizona, but of course, she is also working with clients online, which has become a more common thing during this time. I find a lot of professionals are resorting to more of that online work, if possible. And she also offers a free motivational text that you can receive each week by texting 202-759-6205. She also has some online courses that she offers and she's offering a $100 off discount at the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that. Now, before we dive into the episode, I also wanted to mention that I am accepting a few new clients for my online one-on-one coaching program this June. You know, it was interesting talking with Dr. Morgan today about body shame and how it can have such a negative effect on your entire life and including your children's lives and all of those around you. And we all know that it can have such a terrible effect on your work success and your personal relationships. This is why I love what I do. I love being the person to help you shift your mindset to achieve your fitness and your health goals. I've been in the place where I felt like I had tried everything. I'd tried dieting. I'd tell myself, oh, Monday I'll start over, I'll start fresh and I'll only eat vegetables. Or I'd get obsessed with watching my weight on that scale, only to gain more and more each time that I looked. The yo-yo dieting and the negative self-talk is not going to get you that long-lasting effects. With my accountability program, I'm going to be here with you along your journey and helping you in the areas that you need it. Whether you know what to do and you just need that accountability, or if you're needing advice on healing your, your gut health or how to know what foods to eat to improve your digestion and to help your body thrive, I am your person. I had over 20 years so far of researching and educating myself on how to make it all so much easier because there's just so much information out there that where do we even begin? Most of my clients tell me that they're just overwhelmed with all of the back and forth of what's good for us and what's bad for us. And I love to show just how simple it can be to make huge benefits in your health and in your mindset. So message me on social media. You can find me at Move Life on Instagram or Facebook and or you can email me at Michelle at Move And remember, move is always with a you. I do also offer a 15-minute phone call in case you have questions, but I personally believe that if you know that it is time to fully commit to yourself, you already know that you're ready to work with me. So what are you waiting for? Let's get started this week and we can build a plan together and work on your personal challenges. All right, I look forward to connecting with some of you soon. And also, I'm super excited for all of you guys to hear this very much needed episode today. So, here we go. Okay, Dr. Morgan Francis, thank you so much again for joining us today on the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me back. This is truly an honor. So, thank you. Yeah, I'm so we had you on
1: episode 81, which was a little while back, but I brought you back as a therapist because more than ever, we are needing some help and some guidance from educated people who know what they're talking about. Um, And I have a lot of listeners who are asking me lots of different questions about how to deal with the circumstances that we're in currently with dealing with the COVID-19. So first of all, how, how are you doing? How is your family and how are you coping with the situation
0: yourself? Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, I'm doing well. You know, I think that overall, um, this has been a you know, a pivot for so for us as a family. When I say us, my husband and my three children, I have an eight, six, and four year old. Um, as before we started talking on here, I was talking with you off camera about, you know, just all the homeschooling and the challenges that come with that. Um, my husband works in the medical field and hospitals, so, that's been a shift for us and, and how to navigate that. Um, and we've really had to step up our game when it comes to communication. And um, I would say overall, we're managing pretty well. And personally, for me, having a routine in the morning has been really um, significant in maintaining my mental health and experiencing adventure and uh, joy and laughter and play with my children on the weekends is really but what I've been diving into to help me cope. Did you have a
1: time where you were um, finding it tricky to manage having those
0: waves of up and downs? Yeah, well for me clinically um, uh, from a professional standpoint, this is really truly the first time where I've been you know talking with clients every hour of the day that I'm going through exactly the same thing that they are going through yeah. So to have that you know five, six hours if not more a day, you know was really a lot for me to process. So it was incredibly important that I made, my self-care and mental health also a priority so that i could show up for my patients yeah i
1: got the shivers at that point because it's like we we just we're all going through it and whether you are you know a health practitioner like yourself or doctor whichever you have to you have to be there for those people who need you as well but then also your children and and yourself and be able to maintain that so good for you for, for working through that. And also for showing up online, you have been talking a lot about things that, um, I've been needing some guidance with, and you've been really touching me in ways that I didn't even realize that I need help with, which is another reason why I wanted to have you back on the show today. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that this is actually considered of what you had said was it's a trauma Uh, that we're all dealing with and the loss and things that we're going through. And I never really had that perspective until you said that. So could you maybe touch on that more of what you meant by that?
0: Yes, absolutely. So, you know, we've lost so much collectively as, you know, a population and the things that we took for granted or the things that we relied on to cope with our stress um, were canceled. You know, concerts were canceled, sports were canceled, traveling was canceled, church was canceled, gatherings were, ga- were canceled. So, so much has been taken away. And so when that happens, we really feel such a tremendous disconnect to ourselves. And how I define trauma is a, is a disconnection to yourself. And so trauma can be little T's or big T's. And I would say that definitely a worldwide pandemic is a big trauma similar to, you know, 9-11. And just like we had pre-life pre-9-11 and life post-9-11, we are going to face, you know, life as pre-COVID and then post-COVID. And so we're seeing all these different changes and adjustments that we have to go through. And so there's so many different experiences and moods and thoughts and feelings and responses that people are having to this collective grief and loss
1: hmm Okay. And so what are you finding that's coming up for people that they're struggling with and that you're able to help them
0: kind of manage a little bit, I guess you could say? Yeah, well, the first and foremost is to name it, right? We always do better once we're, we are able to name what we are experiencing. And so I think by identifying that, yes, what you are experiencing is loss. And oftentimes we think of loss as, you know, the loss of someone But loss happens way before we lose a a certain person that was special in our lives, because we've lost our routine, we lost our normalcy. And so what I try to teach my patients is that there are three U's to grief and loss. The first U is that it's universal, meaning we all are experiencing this collectively together. So there's a universal experience of loss that collectively we have right now, right? The second U is that it's unique, Meaning your loss to you is unique, just as much as my loss is unique to me. So even though collectively, I'm experiencing the same thing as my patients are, unique in the sense that I have my loss that they may not be able to relate to and vice versa. And the thing that I see most people do, which is really a disservice to their pain, is that once they start talking about their loss, they start to compare it to somebody else. In the example of, well, I don't have it as bad as that person. So I don't have the right to really talk about or share how bad I'm suffering right now. And the reality is everyone's got their own unique loss. So whenever we go into comparative suffering, we're really sending a message to ourselves that our pain, um, our struggle isn't worthy of being seen or heard or shared. And that is ineffective for us. So it's important to allow yourself to have your loss be unique to you just as much as my loss is unique to me. Mm-hmm. And then the third U is uncertainty, right? We don't know what's going to happen. And there's so much uncertainty. And I don't know about you, but being, you know, a former perfectionist, which I'm still working on myself, I really like to have certainty. I like to have predictability. I like to have a sense of control. And that comes all the way onto the other end of the spectrum if we were to draw a line and certainty being on one side, uncertainty being on the other side. So with uncertainty, we don't have predictability. We don't know what's going to happen. And so a lot of times we feel a sense of loss of control. But here's what I've been teaching my patients is the way to reframe uncertainty is is to remind yourself that there's limitless possibility. And I just love the ability to, to recognize that, that with uncertainty, there's opportunity for possibility. And really anything can happen. So when we're pivoting our businesses, when we're pivoting our parenting, when we're pivoting our relationships, when we're pivoting our, our movement and our relationship with our bodies, there's possibility for anything to, to occur and to happen. And so that is actually really, um, in my mind, you know, inspiring, right? And so we have this new chance of rebirth and new beginnings. And so that goes hand in hand with the stages of grief that have been you know, identified as by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and most recently by David Kessler. Okay.
1: Wow. I love that. I've been finding that. I've been finding kind of like that ebb and flow of like learning things as a stepmom. It's like every week it's a transition and it's like, I don't think we would have gotten to those steps if we weren't spending one-on-one time as much as one-on-one time as what we are now. So it's been really interesting to see that develop and okay. That's, that's great. I love that you've like um, done those step-by-steps for us. Um, and so what are you finding? I know you talked briefly at the beginning about some things that you're finding really effective for yourself, like a morning routine. What does that look like? And why, why is that so important?
0: Well, when, like I said earlier, when, when things have been taken away and now we're out of our routine, again, that can feel really unraveling for some of us, you know, I mean, just even think about when you're a child, like we, we like to have boundaries, right? Like we have to have like, our traditional consistency and things, because again, it it creates um, structure for us. And so we are really, we're we're creatures of habit. So as adults, we like to have something that is consistent for us. So creating a routine for me was, you know, again, really um, uh, mindful in the sense that this is the way that I can set up my day in order to have the best success. So I teach my patients have, you know, morning intention and nighttime reflection. So morning intention is creating space for you to have set your intentions for the day. What do you? What energy do you want to bring in? Who do you want to come in contact with? What are you trying to manifest? What energy are you wanting to put out into the world? What are some thoughts and feelings that you're trying to create for yourself and experiences that you need in order to feel safe, in order to feel safe and secure? And then there's nighttime reflection, and the nighttime reflection. I often, uh, you know, compare it to when you come home from school and someone said, you know, how was your day? Who did you sit next to? What did you learn? You know, we're we're reflecting on our day. Well, that's the same thing that we need to do as adults. We need to be able to reflect on our day. So this could look like just sitting in a space um, for five to ten minutes where you can have some imagery, you can journal, you can listen to some meditation music. Um, you know, use one of those apps, you know, anything that you can do to kind of just wind your day down. That's not, you know, taking the form of scrolling on your phone on social media. So morning intention and nighttime reflection to make our life much more easier.
1: Okay. So there's a lot of people who are listening to this and they're like, Sure, a morning routine that sounds great, but why not stay in my pajamas all day or lay on the couch and want net, watch Netflix? We're never going to have a time like this ever again. So, what do you say to that? Like, is it do you think that it's okay to do that every once in a while? Do you think like there's like a happy medium? What, like, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Where I'm going with
0: that, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great question. And you know what? I think to each his own, you know, I think right now there, this is not about productivity. You know, this is about surviving. And surviving can look like you know taking time for yourself and being on the couch and watching a show and getting caught up in whatever things you want to get caught up on, um, or it can look like hey you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do this home project that I've been putting off for quite some time because I've never had the time to do it. I mean I know my husband and I like we got some things done in our house which was great you know, mm-hmm. um, or it could be like I'm just gonna slow down and, and unplug and. Um, maybe I'm going to, you know, connect with other people. One of the things that I really recommended to my patients is that they made, um, it a point to connect with at least one person per day. Mm. So that could be a parent that could be a friend that could be, um, really anyone, but you needed to connect. You need to have a conversation with at least one person a day. Because I don't think it's healthy for anyone to go completely isolated, right? To go rogue. So we need to make sure that we still are having that connection because that's going to increase our dopamine. And our dopamine is a neurotransmitter that's responsible for pleasure, and feeling good. And when things have been taken away from us in the world, our dopamine's not getting stimulated in the way that it used to. So it's gonna search for things to get stimulated. And, and while Netflix is fun, and I love my shows too, we don't wanna just escape, we wanna also find opportunities to elevate our brain.
1: Mm-hmm. Love all of that. Okay, so on that topic, being at home and having these temptations to do maybe some unhealthy things like eating too much, Or maybe judging ourselves for what we're doing and the way that we look and the way that we feel. I know one of the questions or one of the things that come up a lot is people want to come out of this looking different or being different, right? This is, this is something that comes up quite a bit and you are very, um, involved with body shaming, talking about it. So what's going on here, girl? (laughs) I'm
0: sure you've heard that a lot. The reason I laughed is only because, I mean, we're in a worldwide pandemic and leave it to, you know, people like, uh, you know, to put this pressure on ourselves that we should come out of uh, Corona as, you know, this, you know, amazing, you know, sculpted, toned, thinner version of ourselves. I mean, it just is not reality and nor should it be for anyone. And it's perfectly okay perfectly acceptable for you to have been mindlessly eating. I mean, think about it, like eating the way that we soothe ourselves, right? Right? I mean, it truly is. So if you were soothing yourself and you were, you know, eating your chips or you weren't moving your body as much, there's no shame in that. Absolutely no shame in that because your body was meant to keep you alive during this time. Mm -hmm. That's its main responsibility. And if you are kicking and thriving and breathing, then I would say your body's done a great job. Mm-hmm. And so let's be grateful and appreciate that during a pandemic where so many people have been, you know, affected, you know, from, uh, from a biological health perspective, how, how lucky, how grateful, how blessed am I that my body's been able to keep me going through this. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I always say to people and these expectations that you know, we should look like we have it all together. Absolutely not. And that is just, you know, uh, frankly, that's just diet culture, you know, and that's just um, society's pressure of trying to put these unrealistic expectations on women. And and I, my heart goes out to the women and or men that are experiencing this pressure. mm mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I asked a few of my questions or my clients um, if they had any questions for you, and one of them kind of relates to that. So let's say you are um, doing some unhealthy things, or somebody you love is at home and they're maybe making some bad decisions, laying on the couch, you know, not eating well. How do you inspire people without body shaming them? Because as much as you're saying it's okay to do these things, to indulge, to you know lay on the couch if you feel like that's what you need to do. But also you can see that that's not a healthy thing if we're doing that consistently on a daily basis. So how do you realistically explain to them or try to inspire them, even you as a therapist, like telling this to your clients without body shaming them as well?
0: Well, I think it's, that's a great question. And the, the first thing that comes up to me is it's not about their body shape and size, right? So I would say that it's, you know, when I meet with someone and they're telling me like, oh, I haven't left my room and I'm playing video games, you know, 24 seven, and I'm going to bed at three in the morning. I'm not waking up till 3 p.m. in the afternoon because I'm just isolated and playing video games. I'm not thinking about their body shape and size. I'm thinking about their mental health. Okay. So, you know, for me it's about, okay, so let's try, you know, yes, it's great that you're wanting to play your video games. And what if you were to take a 10 minute break and go outside? What if you were just to allow yourself to sit and allow the air to blow on your face, move your body, take a deep breath. And when I say move your body, I mean like stretch. I mean, like, play. I mean, maybe, you know, shake your booty. It doesn't have to be exercise. You know, I think we need to broaden our definition of movement. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation. But, um, you know, it's moving away from it being about the person's weight and shape and uh, physical appearance because we can never judge how healthy someone is by looking at them. Because trust me, I work with people with anorexia all the time in my practice, and they are some of the most physically unhealthy people that are living right now because their bodies are fighting for them to just stay alive. So we can't say that someone is healthy by looking at them. So I would say really move away from that piece. Right. Okay. Um, Now, recently on Instagram,
1: you shared a post about talking about, um, what we are saying to ourselves, you know, the bad thoughts, the bad things that we're saying to ourselves. And I feel like a confident person. I don't feel like I shame myself a lot, but I really sat back and paid attention. And there are thoughts that go in through my mind on a daily basis that I don't even realize that I'm thinking about. And so how do I, like, how do I get that out of my head? I I honestly, truthfully don't feel like um, that it's taking over my life, but I can't even like, I can't explain how often it's actually coming in without me even realize that I'm, that I'm like saying these things to myself.
0: Yeah. And you make a really good point because it's so, um, unconscious that Mm -hmm. we continue to have these thoughts that we don't even recognize are really hurtful and really critical or judgmental or put us in comparison to others. And yet, if someone were to say these thoughts to us, we would definitely notice them. Our feelings would be hurt. We would feel, um, you know, ashamed of of our appearance, and that is a reality for many people. Um, that they've been told horrific things about the way that they look, um, and body shaming is is real. Um, you know, sixty—I think it's sixty-two percent of. Men and women struggle with it within that 62%, I would say, um, I think it was around 60% of women have been shamed by their parents, specifically their mother, Mm -hmm. when it comes to their body shape and size. I think after that was their father, grandparents, coaches, teachers, medical professionals, which breaks my heart, um, friends, even children have shamed adults, About their body shape and size, Um, which again, being a mother of three children, um, you know, I'm sure sometimes kids will say things because they're curious. Um, And then other times, I think kids really need to be um, educated um, because the parent may be talking negatively about themselves or somebody else in the body shaming um, conversations. And so, children learn by social modeling, you know, monkey see, monkey do. So, it's really important, you know, as a parent, that we model um, healthy body positive conversations. I, my daughter has, and both my sons have never heard me say anything um, belittling, comparative, neglectful about the way that I look, no matter what stage of weight, shape, or size I am in. Um, I don't even say anything positive also about the way that I look. I form my sentences to be about what my body is doing for me. Um, you know, so my legs were working so hard today because we walked so far. Our legs feel so strong today because they're able to carry us all these miles if we go hiking. I live in Arizona, so there's lots of trails around here. Um, mommy's working on getting stronger today. I'm going to try to get five push ups. You want to join me? You know, so it's about getting strong, it's not about, you know, toning my arms or, You know getting you know working on my flab or trying to get rid of the skin that you know that can hang over our bras it's it's nothing like that um so i'm very very conscious of how i speak in front of my children but again um i've done a lot of work on myself um to be able to have the mindfulness and the conscious awareness to do that not everyone is like that right most people are living really in autopilot and that's why it's so important like you said, to start really becoming aware. And then I would say in order to work on this, there's so many things that we can do. Um, One of the things you can do though, is get a piece of paper and then draw a line down the middle of the piece of paper, write down the things on the one side of the paper that you've said to yourself that are critical, that are judgmental, that are comparison. And then on the other side of the paper, what would you say to a friend if she was saying that about herself, Mm -hmm. right? And here's, here's the caveat that I always want to encourage people don't make it about their body. Like for instance, like we give compliments all the time about people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh God, girl, you're looking so good. I'm like, oh my God, you lost so much weight. Amazing. Like, how'd you do it? Like, we're always talking about how people look and assuming that their weight loss is a good thing. Um, I don't know, but I know when I was at my thinnest, I was in hell. Like I, I was not doing well. Um, But again, society praised me for looking thinner. So the, the assumption is, oh, your life must be going really well. No, it was awful. It was horrible. Nothing was going well at that time in my life. So again, I would really be conscious and aware of being mindful of not commenting either way about a person's appearance and compliment them about how they make you feel. Mm. right? Like you inspire me. I love the way that you give hugs. Your smile brightens up my day. Wow. Like you are so quick when it comes to doing X, Y, Z, right? So it's about the person, not what they look like.
1: Mm -hmm. You've got my brain thinking about (laughs) ways that I'm going to reframe some things. I thought it was doing pretty good, but (laughs) you can always do better. Um, So that was actually some of the questions that I had was, what, um,
0: what ways does body shaming ourselves affect our children? Um, it affects every way. Every way. Every way they think, every way they feel, every way they respond, how they make decisions, in every way. And it's, it's interesting, like my daughter's eight and she's playing with makeup. And you know she's, she goes to a Catholic school, so she can't do her nails, she can't wear makeup. I mean, so now she's home, she's like, oh my God, this is so fun, you know? And of course, I, I'm wanting her to be able to explore and get curious and be playful with her makeup. And at the same time, not feel like it's the thing that she has to use or wear in order to feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have conversations about, okay, like how can we be artistic today with the makeup? How can we be playful with it? What fun colors can we wear today? Mm -hmm. And it's just about that. And it's, and again, I, I don't wear makeup during the day I wear makeup to my office because I think it's part of my professionalism. But when I'm at home, I'm not wearing makeup and um, and I like not wearing makeup. And so it, her seeing me in both ways, I think, is really, really important. And the same goes for my sons as well. Yep. Beautiful. And then how does
1: body shaming others affect us? Right?
0: Well, again, I could talk about this forever. <laughs> um, okay. So here's the thing. Okay. Body shaming other people, um, to me, Judgmental people are traumatized people. And I'm going to say that again. So people, your listeners can hear this. Judgmental people are traumatized people. Every time I judge you, it reveals an unhealed part within me. Mm -hmm. And so if a person is judging that mom, I would never do that. I would never, even if it's about parenting, it doesn't even have to be about the way they look. That's an unhealed part within you. If I'm judging my partner, if I'm judging my friend, if I'm judging a stranger, that's an unhealed part in you. And I would say that's where you need to go. That's the deeper work you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we're all capable of judging. Judging goes into our trauma response. And what I mean by that is when we are faced with neglect, abandonment, rejection, rejection, pain, trauma as a whole... We go into the fight, flight, or freeze response, right? Our bodies will fight back, we will avoid the situation or flee, or we'll freeze, and we just like don't do anything. Um, the the most natural reflex is to go into that self-protective mode, which at times can be judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Because our 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 a sense of self is meant to just keep us alive and protect us. It's not going into compassion. It's not going into kindness. It's not going into nurturance and understanding. It goes into self-protective mode because if I judge you, then you won't hurt me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a way to block that emotional intimacy and vulnerability. So it's really important. And this is something I really work with my patients on to identify the judge, the judgmental thought, and then tap into and get curious about what that is for you. What's that, what's that like? Where does that come from? What do you feel? What do you notice in your body when that thought comes up? And what's the deeper work? Where, where, where do you need the compassion? Where do you need the validation? Where do you need the empathy? Right. So that's, that's, that's that. (laughs) No, I love it.
1: I, um, I'm not one to judge others, but even within my family of my loved ones, I, the, the thoughts that I have of them are often things like you're saying are the judgment and the, the issues that I have with myself. Yeah. And so I am thinking about what they could do better, but it's all the things that I want better for myself, you know, like, Organization, for example, like my stepdaughter's not organized at all. And that is the one thing that I want more than anything in my own life, which I'm not very good at. It's just funny, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that because like I said, I don't necessarily always say things out loud or judge people out loud, but I still have the thoughts. And they're always things that I want for myself. <laughs> oh, good one, good one, girl. Um, okay, so how does body shaming affect our confidence and our ability to, you know, to be motivated and to function as a
0: human really? Well, it greatly affects it. I mean, time and time research has shown that shaming our bodies can lead to disordered eating, eating disorder, mood disturbances, lack of motivation, isolation. Um, I mean, the list really goes on and on. So no one, I mean, no one does better when we shame Ourselves, I mean, it's, it's a, it's honestly like a proven fact. So that's not the way to inspire somebody. So if, 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 if a coach or a trainer or anyone in your life is shaming you to get you motivated, fire them. They're not, they're not the right person for you. Um, motivation comes from, you know, understanding, feeling heard, feeling seen, um, connection, um, and um, encouragement and empowerment, um, shining your light. Um, that's where we see changes um, with our relationships with others, how we spend our time, the decisions we make towards our food, um, and our levels of activity. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the, the research is there.
1: So we didn't talk about your past um, journey and history and whatnot, but you were talking about, and, and if anybody wants to hear that, they can go back to the past episode that we've done together. Yeah. Um, but what, what work did you do in order to get to this point? Because you said that you've, you've dealt with this stuff, body shaming, for many years. So oh. what are some things that you found that
0: have helped you along the way? Um, in order to get to self-love, you have to explore your self-hate. And for me, I had to really go to the places in my life that I'm not proud of, that um, I don't want to talk about and that I've kept, um, you know, kind of buried and hidden either consciously or subconsciously. And so I've done a lot of my own therapy. I am a therapist, but I always say human first, therapist second. So I'm a therapist that has done therapy. And I think it's important for, you know, even my patients, I tell them that all the time. I've, I've been where you are. Like I've sat on the couch myself many times. So, um, I get it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely have done my own exploration. I still do it. Um, you know, currently I do a lot of journaling. I do a lot of prayer work. I do a lot of conversations with my husband. Um, you know, I just really am conscious of, of what I say, how I respond, how I'm feeling. I really try to slow down, as much I can to get out of reactive mode and get into, um, solution focus mode. Um, and then in the past, you know, when I've been shamed, um, you know, now I look back at that girl, my younger self, and I have so much compassion for her. And I just, you know, I talk with her, I think about her often. I know the struggles that she was facing. It wasn't her fault. She didn't know any better. I have forgiven her, Um, you know, she did the best she could. I have so much grace for her. And so, um, really just being able to connect with my inner child and and my younger self has been instrumental for me. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you for that honesty. Um, so, okay. So from all the things that we've chatted about today, is there anything else that you feel has been coming up for maybe some of your clients or the people
0: that you're seeing online that you feel would be effective to share with the listeners today? You know, I think now more than ever, I'm seeing so many wonderful free resources out there on Instagram by medical health professionals. Um, It's amazing to me. I think a lot of people, how we're also dealing with this pandemic is that we're in the season of giving. Um, We want to help people. and, And I think that that's awesome. So I would say, make sure that you know, move away from any accounts that are making you feel insecure, making you feel less than comparing yourself, feeling like, Oh, wow. Like look what she's doing. I can't even do that. That's not where you need to be directing your energy. I would say direct your energy to the people that you're going to get something out of, you know, um, you're going to learn from be educated about, um, listening to like podcasts like yours. You know, I think that there's such great resources out there and I really encourage my patients to take um, advantage of all the free resources.
1: Awesome. Um, And you have a text that you've been giving a mindfulness text message that you've been sharing. Can you let our listeners know how they can contact you here?
0: Yeah. So, you know, for a while I've been doing mindful messages and my stories on my Instagram and everyone's been loving my mindful messages. I mean, that's been something that I've been, you know, for years now. And then I thought to myself, you know, not everyone is on Instagram and not everyone wants to be on social media because it could be time sucking or just not in their wheelhouse. So we all are obviously on our phone. So why not create a service where you get mindful text messages to your phone? And so that is something I created. So um, for free, you can sign up. Um, And I can give you, you know, the phone number, but it's 202-759-6205. And it's just, you text the message or text that number, just like you would text any other number. And then automatically you'll get a response that welcomes you to the mindful messages. And then about once to twice a week, again, I didn't want them to be overwhelming and, and or annoying anybody. You get words of encouragement and inspiration to remind you to be in your conscious healing and awareness. And, you know, the feedback has been huge. I mean, this whole thing, I had no idea that it was going to catch on and be like wildfire. Um, Fox News even reached out to me. I did a whole segment with them about it. Um, they were so excited. So it's been just really helpful. And, and when the text messages go out, I, I will get people to say, oh my gosh, thank you. I, how did you know? I really needed to hear this today. And the thing is like, because we're all experiencing it together, we often think that we are alone. But the reality is you're never alone. You know, we, we, we're all going through it together.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, well, thank you so much, Dr. Morgan, for giving us such great insight. Um, For anybody who wants to learn more, please go follow Dr. Morgan on Instagram. And what is your Instagram handle again? So it's at Dr. Morgan Francis. Beautiful, and I promise you, she's full of valuable content, lots of it.
0: (laughs) And for all your listeners as well, I recently launched um, an online digital course of loving yourself through loss. So if there's anyone that is struggling with loss, um, they can receive hundred dollars off that course and I'll put the promo code with you um, and you can put it on your website or your show notes. And then also I have another course of, um, you know, Bye Bye Body Blame. You deserve to love your body without having to lose weight. And so there's two courses on there that they can take that um, they would like to dive deeper into body image and or um, grief and loss.
1: Thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge with all of us and to hopefully help those listening so we can all get through this time and thrive. If you need that information on how to contact Dr. Morgan, you can find all of that in the show notes. And just a reminder that I am also giving away a beautiful wooden watch with a value of over $200 from Revival by Martin & Co. to a lucky winner during the month of May. If you go to iTunes and leave the Move Forward podcast a five-star and glowing review, you will be entered to win. Also, if you know anybody who may be needing some guidance during this time, be sure to text them and share this podcast episode with them as well. We are all in this together, so let's support each other where we can and keep shining your light as always and moving forward. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and the Move Forward podcast. I am extremely grateful to each of you. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to share this episode with someone you think would benefit. Also, if you could please leave an honest review by going to iTunes and leaving your thoughts and questions. Let us know what you would like to hear more of so we can continue to inspire and share with the world. Again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I am forever grateful for this community that we are building and the individuals we are helping. Until next time, we hope you continue to move forward by choosing to move your body, your mind, and your soul. Thanks, guys.